It didn't listen to me. It walked out of the thicket. It turned around and looked at me. They looked up, and in this tree, there was a monkey man. And the monkey man jumped down out of the tree and started running away. And suddenly, they're right in front of the car. He slams on the brakes and manages to stop. And he's skidding because it's not quite, you know, um, gravelling. And for literally for about a second and a half, they just stood there because they don't know where to go. And you tell them panicking, they're like roofing their 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 faces like twitching. Bigfoot Society. This is your host, Jeremiah Byron. Every week I talk to different people in the cryptozoology field. You never know who's going to be on next week. If you'd like to sponsor the show, head on over to patreon.com forward slash the Bigfoot Society. You get access to a ton of things there, including a close-knit cryptid community on Discord where you can connect with like-minded cryptid researchers and enthusiasts, weekly bonus content, the ability to hang out with each week's guest after the main show, exclusive merch, and much, much more. In this week's episode, I talked to an old friend, Aaron Deese from Hey Strangeness. He's also the executive editor of Paranormality Magazine. Make sure you pick up one of those. Actually, get a subscription. Get them all. They're great. Anyways, uh, back to Aaron Deese. Have a great conversation with him about an upcoming project that we're actually going to uh, spill the beans on tonight on Bigfoot Society. So sit back and relax, and if you're out jogging listening to this, make sure you watch for oncoming traffic as I interview Aaron Deese from Hey Strangeness about something that's going to just rock your face off. Thanks for listening. All right, Bigfoot Society, we have a really fun episode planned tonight. I've got Mr. Aaron Deese from Hey Strangeness back for uh, some more time and i'm excited to have you back dude what's going on not a whole well actually a whole lot but i know <laughs> not yeah, a whole that's, lot. Why, that's why you're here <laughs> that's what you always say oh not much oh um, whatever yeah. yeah a bunch of fun stuff man thanks so much for having me on i'm i'm super hyped to be here dude i am legit excited to have you uh here oh my goodness like when you first uh told me about what what's going on like i was <laughs> Super pumped, but let me get my stuff all up to, uh, I actually, I want to, I want to ask you first, because the, one of the things I really like about you, Aaron, is that you are a guy who's constantly reading and you love to usually from what I know, you like to read your books. (laughs) Are you reading anything cool right now? Or maybe because you've been writing it's, you know, you know, I've kind of taken a break from like the the paranormal hardcore stuff. I am reading, um, uh, Real Wolf Men of America by Linda S. Godfrey. Just oh, nice. Great yeah. book. But then just a couple old Crichton novels, you know, some some stuff to kind of just like let my brain chill out a little bit. That's where I'm at right now. Dude, that's awesome. And say, here, here's the thing. Like what I found is I'm constantly in this cryptid stuff. You need something to just switch off. And I'm not going to lie. I watch uh, Adam the Woo and I watch uh, Jacob the Carpetbagger, and I watch like Ordinary Adventures, which are these this couple that go to Disney parks and talk about Disney stuff. Yeah. Because sometimes you got to switch off and just be like cruise control. You have to. You yeah. got to, right? So that's that's the lesson 
uh, listeners, you got to take a little break from the cryptid stuff, but the rest of the time, you go cryptid stuff 110%. You go, you go, you go man, you go. <laughs> <laughs> but then you do a little Star Wars too. I was watching, Wars, yeah. I was watching uh, Rogue One clips before this, and dude, I forgot how great that movie is. Let's talk about Star Wars for a few minutes. I, Star Wars all night. You know how I, I know. It's like, forget this. <laughs> um, the thing is, it's like, I am so hyped up for that uh, Rogue One prequel. You got you got them. These but are the ones I, I read this year. Yeah. I, I don't know how they can make the Rogue One thing better, but they're gonna. Like, I'm just glad that Cassie Nander is going to get more screen oh, yeah. time. You know, because you get, sure. he, he does cool stuff in the movie and you get the impression that like, man, this guy has seen some things. He's mm-hmm. done some things. Now we get to see those things. Oh my so. goodness. That's uh, so good. And then I was watching the uh, the clip from when Luke is uh, training. Oh, this is going to be Spoiler Town USA. But well, you've had a while. Um, it's Luke on, is training it's baby. Disney Plus. Yeah. yeah, it's on Disney Plus. Luke is training baby Yoda in uh, Mandalorian. That scene is just like serotonin uh, nostalgia that never existed overload. Because I love Return of the Jedi so much. But Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was, that was pure poetry. Oh, my goodness. Just... Awards all over the place. Mm-hmm. So, my dude, now that we've talked about Star Wars and we've lost <laughs> half the listeners, like, everybody's like, ah, oh, never mind. <laughs> I'm listening to other podcasts. Your next, your next review is really good until it became a Star Wars podcast. Not sure what happened after that. <laughs> or I really wish he would do more Star Wars episodes. There's the flip. Uh, anyways, um, no, I love I love cryptids so much. Cryptozoology. So, my dude. I know the answer. You do. But everyone is wanting to know what is Aaron D's up to that is so secretive and amazing yeah, and so, that we're letting people know right now. Yeah. So this this is a Bigfoot Society news break. This is has not been announced publicly anywhere else. Um, yeah. I, cannot, I cannot think of a better place to do it. But my first no, book thanks, is buddy. coming out. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, man. man. <laughs> my first book is coming out. That's uh, so good. This year, and um, I don't have we don't have the exact date yet. We're still kind of working out details on that. I'm thinking the fall, uh, hopefully in time for the holidays and all that, because I'm having a kid after that. Um, Congratulations! During that, thank you, thank That's you. That's so cool. So I can't go ten minutes without talking about my kid. As um, you should. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's uh, it is. Should I say who's publishing it, or should I tell you the title first? Let's start with what. Let's start with what. So what's it about, Aaron? The book is called The Texas Dog Man Triangle. Oh, my goodness. And so it is – uh, and I'm just going to say, so Jeremiah, good. you manifested this a year ago. Yeah. A year ago when we released yeah. our podcast episode called The Texas Dog Man Triangle, you were such an outspoken supporter of it, and you said you need to write a book about this. And I thought, what? Ah, hey, that's a neat idea. Thanks, Jeremiah. You're a nice boy. And now here we are. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I absolutely did, Aaron. I was like – I remember talking to you afterwards. I was, I was like – Stop what you're doing and start writing a book about this <laughs> now. Like, yeah. And I didn't. Because, I, I sat oh on it for 10 months and now wow. here we are. <laughs> Not quite 10 months. Thankfully, um, thankfully, you started writing it though. Yeah. I had some groundwork laying when the, the publisher and I started talking. Um, but it is mm. it is a, a, a kind of a... I don't know what the right word is. Uh, Not a guide, not a compendium, but a collection. Yeah, it's a Mm -hmm. collection of encounters in the state of Texas with werewolf and or dogman-like beings. And I'm going to use the terms dogman and werewolf interchangeably throughout this conversation, just FYI, because 
I do it in the book. Um, and, and, and I'm so excited about it. There are encounters going back over a hundred years. We have some folklore accounts back wow. from the late 1800s, early okay. 1900s. Um, we have some mid-century stuff that we have newspaper articles on, you know, in the, the 80s, the 90s, the 50s. Um, mm. And then we have some modern accounts. And there are two types of modern account in the book. Um, one are these these anecdotal you know, accounts that aren't necessarily accompanied by evidence, but they're interesting stories and they fit the profile of these sightings. Okay. Um, and then we have the modern accounts with evidence and I ha- mm. we have, we have pictures. Um, we have some video. I've been lucky enough to have a couple witnesses send me video and you can't put video wow. in a book, obviously. True. Um, but, but there is kind of a, I don't know if an embarrassment of riches when it comes to evidence, but there's a substantial amount that, people have kind of sent my way or that I've been lucky enough to stumble across in the last few months. And, uh, it's all going in the book and I can't wait. (laughs) Oh my (laughs) goodness, dude. Like, does it, so I'm just going to like, let's take a second to kind of imagine what if like the book that you're writing now, imagine in 2050, 2060, there's a show on discovery or the equivalent. And it's about the Texas dog man triangle and like that, it's crazy. This stuff that we're doing now is affecting the future of cryptozoology. Like you, you coined this term, right? Uh, the Texas Dogman Triangle, as far as I know. Um, okay. Sarah and I were trying to think of a catchy title for yep. a podcast episode about dogman encounters. And when we put these three encounters on the map, you know, you go Google Maps is such a fun resource. Oh right? yeah, yeah. Um, you go in there and you put these three encounters on a map, and then you draw lines between them and measure the distance. You get a triangle of seven hundred square miles. Um, and we know based, based on the research I've done, we know that, uh, wolves, single wolves and a wolf pack will occupy and use as their hunting grounds, uh, an area of 700 square miles or more or less, Really, but it's, yeah, it's not out of scope for them to troll around in that big of a space. And these three encounters that we first profiled in our, in our podcast, uh, each took place two years apart. So the kind of running theory was that, oh, this thing just sort of runs around in this triangle space and pops up every couple of years. That's when people notice it. My goodness. But then you you zoom out and there's more and you mm. zoom out and then there's even more. And then finally, you just, I had to put the whole state um, on the lens. And when I started writing the book, even after the publisher and I started talking, it was just going to be those three encounters in, in this space. That's the triangle. Okay. Um, but there's so many essential pieces to the mm. dogman narrative in the American Southwest, Texas in particular, that the more I zoomed out on the map, the more I noticed like, Oh, look, they're concentrated kind of in this area. Um, and you can draw a triangle on a map anywhere you want. You can, you can spend all day drawing triangles on maps. I right. That. Right. You know, there's not, there's not some deep piece of like native American lore or some natural law that, that places this triangle here. I, that's not it at all. Um, just kind of happened to be that way. So the current triangle okay. runs from uh, the border of Louisiana, a town called Vidor or Vidor, okay. um, all the way west to a town called Clio, which is now a ghost town. It doesn't exist anymore. Ooh, um, nice. Houston and San Antonio are both in there. And then up north, uh, the top point is right around Dallas, Fort Worth. Um, and there's there's a few encounters up that way, both modern and kind of historical ones. Um, so it's a really big area of space. And again, you could you can draw a triangle any size you want and eventually fit enough things into it. Um, but we've got 15 encounters 
inside this wow. triangle that are documented either through, uh, you know, eyewitness testimony, physical evidence, oh, or both. Man. Um, and then there's actually stuff from outside the triangle. We, I kind of had to blow it out from there because there's some really compelling stuff uh, down by the Mexican border in an era, okay. area called San Benito. Um, there's the Gregton yeah. werewolf, which was documented by Fate magazine back in 1969. And it was oh nice. It was doing cartwheels to get that issue of Fate to verify that that story even existed. But I remember was. you looking for that. Actually. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. You here. found it? I did find it. I have it in wow. my possession. Wow. Um, okay. Show it to you, but I don't know where it is, and I don't. Oh no, sweat. Me. Yeah, that's. But fine. yeah, I, I actually was able to get a hold of a copy. It wasn't that hard. I found it on eBay. No. But <laughs> I got a hold of a copy <laughs> of that ish edition of Fate magazine. But the wow. story, just this one, for example, like the whole journey's kind of been like this. Um, you would find anecdotal mentions of this story, the Gregton Werewolf, online, and all yep. it said is in a nineteen sixty nine or nineteen sixty actually, sorry, nineteen sixty edition of Fate magazine. They told this story. Well, there were twelve editions of Fate magazine in nineteen sixty. So okay, okay. I did some more searching and some more running around, and I forget exactly how I found it, but I found an article, an academic paper rather, on uh, direwolves in Texas because we used to have direwolves here. Oh, um, buddy. And that gets mentioned in the book, too. Oh, like, man. There were direwolves here. Um, okay. And, and one of the sources cited in this academic paper, which I found in some school's database, I forget the university, okay. listed the specific edition of the magazine, of Fate Magazine, that the story was in. Oh, so nice, then dude. it was looking it up and trying to find it and purchasing the magazine. And, and, you know, but that was probably a week's worth of searching and digging. Yeah. Um, just to get oh, a hold of man. that. And that's kind of how most of the journey has gone. I've, I've, I've picked out all the cases that I thought should be included, um, drilled down on all of them as much as I could, interviewed as many experts as possible, and tried to gather as many primary sources as I could. But that's not always possible for reasons that I'm sure we'll get into. Dude, that – oh, man. I am even more pumped to, to see this. <laughs> this How many pages – everyone's got – how many pages is that? It's so, got to be a good size. I, I don't know. Okay, okay fair <laughs> I enough. I don't know. Um, we're still, <laughs> as far as I'm aware, we're still working out things like dimension and page count. I can tell you okay. the word count is going to be somewhere between like 90,000 to probably 120, Whoa. which based on my research, based on the books I read is a fairly typical length for a okay. book in this category. Um, I kind of, I read a lot of Nick Redfern, man. I love that guy. Oh, so yeah, I, yeah. I, definitely drew some inspiration, you know, and kind of the way he puts his books together okay. um, in the way I've been putting this one together. So, but I'm thinking we'll be somewhere in the 200, 250 page length. Dude, somewhere that's that so awesome. I want oh it to be, goodness. I want it to be digestible. I want it to be something yeah. someone can read without a huge time commitment, but I really want this phenomena with regard to this region to get the, the, the sounding time it deserves, you know, yes. there's, there's just a lot in it. There's a lot. I'm really excited for people to give their opinions on it. It, it is going to be, the reference book for it. Like <laughs> that's the dream. it sounds like you you that's you are putting your the most you could put towards it and it it's gonna be amazing. I, Thanks, I just man. I just know it is, dude. Um, <laughs> can you uh let's we'll 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 go back a few steps. So first I want to say yes, there is a prior episode with Aaron on Bigfoot Society where we talk more about this. Um so definitely go back and listen to that as well. That was a lot of fun to chat with you then as it is now, but um, over your research, getting this book together. So let's say I ask you, what is dog man? Did you, did you figure out in your mind? What's the definition 
to Aaron. That's a tricky one. Man, see, right? I don't know. <laughs> and that's that's part of the book as well. What are okay. these okay. Because you, you have encounters that point very strongly towards the, the, the biological, the unclassified species, the, the, the Sasquatch, as a lot of people think of it, you know, um, and that's there's a whole chapter on the, the parallels and comparisons between Dogman encounters and Sasquatch. Encounters. Oh, yes. Um, oh, yes. A, cu- a couple of the people I was able to interview, um, which I'm sure we'll also get to soon, make that mm-hmm. comparison as well. So there's, okay. there's some stuff in there about that. Um, but I don't know. <clears throat> I, I am convinced in general that there is an unidentified species of canine living in the Texas Hill country that may wow. be a mutant. It may be a, a hybrid. We do have precedent for hybrid canine species in Texas in the modern day. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Texas terror dog, of course, and the Galveston wolves, which are also talked about. In nice. Um, I think this creature has the propensity or the ability to walk on two legs, um, whether, whether it does so all the time or whether it does so for short stretches. I don't know. Um, that is what I believe. Now, the dogman phenomena at large, there's a lot more to it. Um, there are encounters that, again, have a very supernatural element to it that sometimes involve telepathic communication and, and feelings of paralysis when people see these things. And the encounters in the Texas dogman triangle don't really get into that territory as much. Okay. Um, there's a little bit of it. Of course, you know, eyewitnesses are generally afraid when they see this thing. It's it's not a positive experience for people. Um Mm. not a one of these counter encounters did I read and, and, and where the person was like, yeah, it was pretty cool. I saw something nifty. There's, there's always a sense of like, right. Oh, I don't know what that was. That wasn't quite right. You know? So it's hard for me, even after doing all this research and reading to come down and say, this is what I think dog man is because I'm not sure if it's just one thing. I, I think there might be different facets of the same gem. You know what I mean? I got you. I got you. I inter- so that's funny because I interviewed Nate from Blurry Creatures last night, and we kind of had the same discussion where it's like, you know, you talk about Dogman, and it's like, uh, it's never a fun story. And he he was like, I actually heard of one, and I was like, really? And he's like, well, it may have been something kind of else. And I was like, that's not Dogman. That's like Wolf Guy. Like, there's this, like, <laughs> he's like pretending to be Dogman, but he's like, hey, hey kids, like, that was just an Irish Wolfhound. Oh, <laughs> They're they're so nice, you know those Irish wolfhounds. Yeah, oh yeah, my goodness, you don't you don't tend to get positive feedback from people after after yeah. they've seen these things. At least you know the encounters that I've read and the, the witnesses I've talked to. And there are two witnesses I was able to talk to okay. whose stories are not uh, really published anywhere else. You're not going to find wow. them. Googling them. Um, one of them recently talked to a podcast. You can actually hear his story there. I okay. can't. I can't remember the name of the show. I'm going to look it up because I want to give credit where credit's due. Yeah, um, but this will be the only book that this story is, awesome. is documented in. That's awesome. And then uh, the other is is actually a personal connection of mine who oh, wow. told us the initial story that led to the research into the Texas Dogman Triangle. He's actually the reason all of this got started in the first place. Wow. Um, so, of course, his story is in there, you know, under under assumed names. There are some assumed names. There are some omitted details. Um, okay, okay. Privacy is important. It is, um, yeah. I understand that you lose a little credibility when you refuse to give people's real names uh, or contact information. Or in one case, we we do have to leave the physical location out. We have that the the kind of general area, and we can say that it's within proximity. I don't like you saying we. We can say that it's within proximity of some other encounters in the book, but the witness did ask that his exact location not be shared. Um, 
I think that's all right, to be honest. I think so, too. And his yeah. reasoning is not he's not so much concerned about privacy as he is about someone coming onto his land and getting themselves killed. Exactly. Um, yeah. You know, yep. so it's, it's oh, for yeah. safety. <laughs> yeah. Um, but but as much as possible, as many details and names are included as we possibly can. And every every awesome. other researcher, writer or podcaster I interviewed did did agree to have their names shared. So all of those people are very are cool listed out and, you know, quoted and credited. And there's a lot of them. Dude, so it sounds so. If you were to put a percentage on how much of this book is new information, what do you think? Uh, Just roughly twenty percent. Nice. Twenty. That's cool. If by new you mean you can't find it anywhere else, can't find it anywhere else. I'd say about twenty percent. That's awesome, Um, dude. The pictures that were sent to me by a witness who goes by John are not anywhere um really i shared one of them on our instagram not too long ago but they're not anywhere um i think he may have shared them with some other researchers at this point i actually oh yeah yeah. that's the one you shared when the big kerfuffle happened about he who must not be named i was so frustrated i've been (laughs) sitting on this get into it let's not get into it I've been, I've been, no, I'm gonna because it makes me so sad. I've been sitting oh, on be this nice, Aaron, be nice. of this. No, I'm just gonna talk. About I'm trying to get him on, dude. I want to interview get this him. guy. Get I'm trying on. to. Let's ask him all the questions. I really want to. I will be yeah. in the audience and I will be respectful, but I will be in the audience. <laughs> I know you. You'll be like, what's that noise? It's Aaron grinding his teeth in the corner. No. I, it's just the timing. I sat on this picture uh, of, a, of this seven-inch yeah. footprint. Uh, for like a month because I was like, okay, I know this is going into the book. I, I don't want to release it out too early, but I do want people to look at it because this is a compelling piece of evidence. And it's a picture of a, of a track of some kind of animal in the dirt. Okay. It measures about seven inches across and it's taken in the northern part of Texas. There are no predators of that size. Um, at least they're not supposed to be. Your average mountain lion track is five and a half inches. So seven is big. So it could be an unclassified species. It could be a very, very big mountain lion, but either way, it's unusual. Um, and I shared it the exact same day that this this viral one went off that turned out to not be at all legitimate. And I was like, man, if I'd shared it two days sooner, <laughs> maybe it would have done a little better. <laughs> and then then the next day I made a meme complaining about it. And yeah. that, that had four times the engagement of the initial post. Dude, so, the memes are where it's at, man. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, anyways, yeah, but that's right. You did share, and I mean, if that's just a taste of the stuff that's going to be in the book, it's that book is going to be rock and roll. I'm excited. Um, oh I goodness. have the most photographic evidence for that case, so much that I, okay. I can't include it all in there. Wow, um, I, I don't think we'll be able to include all of it. Okay, um, but there's there's a lot footprints, claw marks, a uh, lot of stuff. Yeah, can you give us a peek into who you? And so I'm going to ask you questions. And as an author, you can say, eh, let's not do the big, I, it's my job to ask the questions. Yeah. Ask away, bro. Okay. All right. No, all right. There's so, not a whole lot that's confidential. Okay. Okay. Cool. Um, so yeah. can you give us a peek and don't give away the farm about who you were able to talk to for this? Oh week? yeah. I'll tell you. For an interview I, for like people. You know, yeah. I want you everybody know. to be credited. I want all of their names out there anywhere. This is talked about. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go in no particular order. And if I forget okay. somebody, I'll come back to them later. Uh, all right. Cool. For, Christina Downs, executive director of the Texas Folklore Society. She's also nice. a professor at uh, North Texas University. Uh, our good friend, Lyle Blackburn. 
nice. uh, noted author and cryptozoologist. Uh, Michael Mays, Texas cryptid hunter, yes. uh, also a mutual connection of ours. Um, Ken Gerhard, I didn't interview him for the book, uh, um, but he did point me towards a case that otherwise probably wouldn't have made it in there. Amazing. So, yeah, I consider him to okay. be. I told him, you're in the acknowledgments, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Um, Jody Cook, the North American Dogman Research Project. Uh, I think he and I talked for close to two hours one night, just just going oh, over all this dude, stuff. He's so, so much fun. He's such a fun dude to talk to. So yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff in there that he helped to contribute. Um, John Gonzalez, True Horror Stories of Texas. Okay. Which if if you've never checked that website out, I haven't. I need to check that out. It, yeah. it, it is one of the best websites out there, if not the best, for stories about strange encounters in the state of Texas. And it runs the whole gamut from ghosts to doppelgangers, UFOs. And there's a ton of cryptid stuff on there. And there's a lot of Dogman stuff on wow, there. Wow. Okay. Um, cool. There's Dogman and Werewolf encounters that are not featured anywhere else. Like they just aren't. Oh, anywhere. wow. And okay. John was nice enough to talk with me and also, you know, said anything on the website you could use in the book, man. Just, nice. just go for it. So that's awesome. Yeah, that's been invaluable, invaluable. Um, Rob Nichols, Bear County Bigfoot on Instagram. Yeah, um, I'm going to talk to him in a bit because of your recommendation. I, yeah. He's a cool dude, man. Awesome. He's a nice I can't guy. Wait. Can't wait. Uh, he's a genuine researcher. He has been documenting Sasquatch and Bigfoot activity or suspected Bigfoot activity in the San Antonio area for around four years. Wow. Um, and I won't ruin anything. I'll let him right, yeah, 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 his yeah. interview, but it's he's <laughs> – He's got some good stuff to share. And he, okay, cool. uh, he provided some really interesting anecdotes that kind of led me in another direction. Wow. And that direction led me to more, more dogman encounters that yes. correlated with what yes, he yes, said. Yes, yes. So it's, there's a lot of people involved. Um, uh, Ashley Hilt, another mutual friend of ours. Classic. Uh, yep. Uh, Jesse and Joe of Hellbent Holler. Uh, nice. Some, some oh, great yeah. input from them because they've done so much on the ground research into the dogman phenomena. Of course, I'm going to talk to them if they're, interesting and they were they were so helpful and so so helpful uh kenzie gleason of course our mutual friend um, dude i love this i want to i, I it's, love it and there's more people that i have on the list that i'm hoping to get in there but i haven't finalized things with them i'd yet. say so, that's a, that's a great like snippet of that should tell people that you got to get this book because i love how you are bridging the old school with the new I really school community and that's that. awesome dude yeah because you have these 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 folks that you associate with cryptozoology and paranormal phenomena and yeah. you should you should because they're awesome yeah. but we also have this upcoming wave of oh of, yeah not even wave they're already here it's a flood of researchers and creators and oh writers. yeah it's game on dude yeah you know so if and and all of these people that i mentioned and then more that i haven't mentioned yet kind of helped me get to this point and inspired me to take this project on. And that's awesome. Um, encouraged me to put myself out there in a way that eventually I think connected me with the publisher. So I, I really wanted to give as much credit as possible, you know, to those people. There's this other guy on there. I'm trying to remember his name. He likes orange. He runs some kind Wink. of a society. Uh, I'll some, never tell. He, he runs some kind of a, a Sasquatch collective. We'll be right back. Hey, it's Pat Flynn here, host of the award-winning podcast, The Smart Passive Income Podcast, which was created to help you learn how to become an entrepreneur and in the simplest way too. You know, entrepreneurship can be very difficult. I like to simplify things and I interview people like Josh Hall and Shane and Jocelyn Sams and Maria Fela 
Who are they? Well, they're people just like you, people who have taken action after listening to the show and have built a business that has changed their lives. And I'd love to share an episode with you that I think will inspire you to get started too. Check out the link in the description or go to smartpassiveincome.com slash 122 to get inspired, get what you need to get started and change your life. You got this and thank you. Um, Dude, don't give anyone an idea. <laughs> no, I, is there, I don't think that's actually, that'd be funny if someone was like, I'm buying that URL today. Oh <laughs> shoot, I shouldn't have said that. No, said that. It, actually <laughs> someone should do it. There's a Sasquatch Society out there. Did you know that? Ron Reed, really? he's a cool dude. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, but Bigfoot Society is also a cool guy. Just saying. But, well, you know, Bigfoot Society is breaking the news about this book. I am, I am honored that that I'm one of the people that you interviewed for the book. Uh, you sent some questions over. It's awesome. So I'm, I'm, I'm so stoked to have you. In there, very man. cool. Yeah, very your, cool. your, you. your input is valuable. Very valuable. Awesome. Um, and there's a couple other people, other mutual connections who may be listening to this, who I'm hoping to include. I just, um, have not emailed you yet because life is chaos, but you know, there you go. There you go. <laughs> um, through the writing of this book, have there been situations that have occurred uh, from it that have just like, you've been like, what is even happening right now? Yes. Okay. I, Can I you did, share any of them? There are two people I interviewed that I, I forgot okay. to mention. I'm sorry. And I was okay. going categorically, uh, Courtney Swihart of, uh, small town monsters and, yes. uh, my wife, Sarah, she is a veterinary. Both oh, of them yeah. are okay. veterinary technicians with 10 years. True. So, you know, their input on dog man anatomy and potential just things there is proven and valuable. Um, I knew I was going to leave somebody out when I talked about interviewees. I always do that. But anyway, um, weird things that have happened. Was that the question? Sorry. Or anything Sorry. where it's like, oh, I can't believe this is happening to me right now. What is life? You know, oh, yes. Weird stuff like that. Constantly. Okay. Uh, uh, Lyle Blackburn agreeing to be quoted in my book and let me yeah, I know. reference his work. Like, That's you know, cool. He, the, excuse me. Pardon me. You're um, good. <laughs> got excite, excitement burps. Um, oh, Yeah. The, the the week that I emailed him, I think I emailed him on a Saturday. And I was like, hey, Lyle, uh, you know, I interviewed and I had already spoken with him previously. Uh, Jack Kirby at Paranormality Magazine yes. introduced us. And yes, um, Jack, Jack, I didn't interview Jack for the book, but without his support, I don't I don't think half of this would have happened because he introduced me to half of these people. He introduced me to Lyle. He introduced me to uh, that's amazing. A lot of folks that eventually contributed to this book directly or indirectly. So hats off to Paranormality Media and Jack Kirby, of course. Um, but uh, yeah, I emailed Lyle. I think on a Saturday, and that following Monday, I might be getting the days wrong. Um, his podcast episode of Monstro Bizarro on Southern Werewolves came out. Yes, and and yes. and. I emailed him. He said, yes, the podcast dropped. And then he emailed me before I had a chance to respond and said, coincidentally, I just released this podcast. Um, wow. You know, so then I spoke with him on the phone and uh, he kind of provided just background details as far as he knew them. And, and it's like, yeah, man, you can reference the podcast. You can, you can quote me. And I'm just like Lyle Blackburn. Dude, that's rocking, man. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And then yeah. uh, talking to Michael Mays, one of the cases oh, yeah. in the book is um, the Beast of Bear Creek or the Cleo monster. And that's okay. a really, really interesting one because it's kind of two stories that have sort of been intermixed that may or may not be related. Um, one is, yeah, it's online. You can look it up. I'm not ruining anything. Uh, one is uh, <laughs> about this guy named... Uh, uh, 
uh, uh, N.Q. Patterson, and he was mm. kind of a big man around town. He's like county treasurer, county judge, oh, former wow. lawman. Uh, he also is the guy in charge of chiseling tombstones for the recently deceased. Mm. And then uh, you, he had like a real big artistic streak. And so he would just kind of go around the hill country and chisel faces into the side of rocks and stuff because he liked to do that. Then there's this other story about the Beast of Bear Creek or the Beast of Cleo, which is the town. Cleo is the town where this, you know, all is supposed to have taken place. And the story is that this is a, a Native American shaman who had the ability to transform into an upright walking wolf a la Skinwalker Legends. Right, right. Um, yeah. And he would terrorize people and kill their livestock and all this stuff because he wanted revenge, Ugh. you know, um, on the things that were done to his people. What oh, those yeah. things were, we don't really know um, what name, what his name was or what tribe he was a part of. We don't really know. You know, okay. this is this is an old story. And part of the problem is that Cleo is a ghost town. Nobody lives there anymore. Ah, um, yes. the, pe- the people that heard this story as it was being told are all dead. And their descendants have either moved to other parts of the state or the country or don't bother to tell the story anymore. So mm. there are only a couple places online where you can really read about it. And one of them is Michael Mays' website, Texas Cryptid Hunter. Oh, wow. So Michael Mays grew up in the Texas Hill Country. He was a Boy Scout. He he heard this story growing up. So as far as I'm concerned, he is as close to a primary source for this story yeah. as we can possibly get. Um wow. So that was really enlightening. He was really able to fill in a lot of details for me. And then the other fun part is um, these faces that Patterson would chisel into the side of, you know, rocks and stuff. One of them is this very beastly, uh, ghastly, aggressive. Honestly, the Lon Chaney werewolf is what immediately comes to mind for me when I look at it. Wow. Um, Big fangs, kind of squat features, you know. Um, it's called the Cleo face. And, and the, the idea, the story is that this carving is a depiction of the beast of Bear Creek of this, this, you know, werewolf shaman type. Oh, guy. Wow. And then maybe Patterson knew the story or maybe he had seen the thing himself. Uh, that's not really specified, but the land on which this carving sits is now private property. And the last known picture of it was taken in 1969 by a journalist named Mike Cox. Um, Long story short, the picture's in the book. I got copyright permission to put the picture in the book. And as far as I'm aware, this picture of the Cleo face that was taken in 1969 is not featured in any other modern publications. Oh, man. um, Within the last 20 years and no paranormal or cryptozoology book. So I'm really excited to be able to. There's a few things like that that I kind of was able to get a hold of. So I'm excited to like share this stuff with the community and, and bring these stories more into light and you know, hey, let's look at these old folk tales in contrast with modern cryptozoological sites. You know, I'm very excited about that. That was oh my goodness, that's that amazing. I can't wait to see this, dude. This is gonna be great. That was kind of a stream of consciousness. I'm sorry, but those wow. are those no, are two of was, the big moments. Like that when was I, so good. When I got the email from the University of North Texas saying, Yes, you have permission to use the picture, I just oh like, man, how cool is that, dude? So happy. <laughs> wow. Oh, dude. I'm loving it. Um also, in case I I can't remember if I mentioned it yet, but you I want to make sure listeners know you are the executive editor of Paranormality magazine. I am. And people should be checking that magazine out because it's really rocking. So really everyone should. check out Paranormality magazine and get yourself a copy. There is some truly can I yeah. can I plug the magazine for just a second? Please okay. go go ahead for a few bits. Yep. There's some truly groundbreaking stuff in this month's yeah, issue. Okay. Um, like it relating to the Fresno Nightcrawlers and it's, it's huge. And I don't, it's not yeah. my story to tell, so I'm not going to go down on that. Nick okay. Valenzuela did all that work and he, oh, nice. 
he he is legend. But if, if there's there's more to the Fresno Nightcrawlers than we know, and now oh, we, know. <laughs> we know now. <laughs> so check it out. Check it out, dude. I'm loving it, man. I'm I'm pumped for it. Um, let's get, let's get back into, back into the book, but I want to make sure you, you got, you know, the proper credit you should. Thank you. Um, we're about half, well, we're getting there, but we haven't even uncovered or unveiled, man, who's the publisher, dude. Oh, we haven't talked about this yet. I know. Right. And, oh, and certain man. People, if we didn't, certain people would be like, what in the world, dude? <laughs> 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 That's one of the things. I mean, I'm excited about this whole thing. I've wanted to be yeah. an author since I was seven, eight, nine years old. Oh, cool. Literally a lifelong dream for me. Okay. Um, oops. And getting to do it on subject matter that is so like weird and strange and specific. It's a huge honor. Um, I, 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 I don't even know. I'm just going to, oh man. Okay. Uh, Small town monsters. Oh my goodness. So is cool. Publishing the book. <laughs> it's so cool, dude. <laughs> Like wow. I have been an SDM fan for quite a while. Um, yeah. A, a couple years ago, I was watching their documentaries and going, Oh, it'd be pretty cool to run into Seth Breedlove and Heather Mosier at a convention. One of these days, that would be neat. And now I get to write a book with them and I'm, I'm tremendously honored and I feel tremendously privileged. And you ever heard of imposter syndrome where you feel like you're, you're faking it. And you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. You're just pretending. And it's only a matter of time before somebody figures it out. I, I, I've i been experiencing that a lot lately. But I get to work with small town monsters. That's, that's <laughs> amazing. That is so cool. Um. <laughs> I'm so stoked on it. Like I heard about less than a year ago, earlier this year when the Kickstarter campaign launched, um, where they were at on the publishing branch. I was like, oh man, that'll be cool. I can't wait to see what books they they put out. Um, and then I got an email from Heather Mosier asking me if I would be interested in writing a book. And I was like, wow, wow, this universe isn't so terrible after all. Awesome. Dude, <laughs> how amazing is this? Um, we're good. We're good. <laughs> I'm so hyped. And I did get permission to share this. Um I think yesterday Heather was like, yeah, you can talk about it now. So <laughs> I had, I had this whole like backup thing planned where I was just going to talk about dog man. If I didn't get the go ahead to, you know, drop the news. Cause there's, there's a plan and there's a process to this stuff. And I don't know what it is, but you know, I don't want to, I don't want to spoil anything. I'm not supposed to spoil. <laughs> Dude. How crazy is that? Oh man. Cause I know that like ever since I've known you, which has been, uh, a little bit of time now. You have always been into to small town monsters. Coming and up like, on about a year and a half, you and I have known each other. Yeah, yeah. Since mm -hmm. uh, uh, it was a clubhouse room. Aaron, sometimes you just look down and you're like, the weird thing is like, I must have got a bug bite somewhere because Are you okay? like, I I am okay. It's but not like, the monkeypox, is it? I don't know what is. Uh, let's not get into that. But um, <laughs> I look down. Literally, I have like a little like like uh, I don't know. I'm good. We'll talk about it off air. I'm fine. You're all right. Yeah. yeah, I'm fine. I just don't know. I don't want to talk about it right now. Anyways, let's all talk right. about the book. We'll talk about it. <laughs> okay. So, um, what do you want readers to take away from reading the Texas Dogman Triangle? What's your goal yeah. in this book? I was hoping you'd ask me that because I actually have an answer prepared for it. Um, and there's two things I would really, really, really like to accomplish. Well, three. Can I have three answers? 
You can have as many answers as you want, my friend. Okay. I have at least three. Um, one, I want some of these older stories that are a little harder to find details on, like the Beast of Bear Creek and the Gregton Werewolf. I want there to be a more modern resource that people can order on Amazon and have access okay. to these stories. Um, you can read about the Beast of Bear Creek online, and you can you can read Michael Mays' article, which you absolutely should do, and you can right. – read the works of Michael Cox where they're, you know, archived and they talk about it, but you know, you can't find all of those stories summarizing all the Dogman lore with a picture of the beast of bear Creek face. Like that, that has not been compiled yet. So oh, man. I'm excited to put together stuff like that just to hopefully provide a resource for others who are interested in this. Um, and also to, you know, kind of preserve these older ones that are, are even becoming hard to find on the internet. There's even details that are obscure on the internet. So, wow. you know, Instead of having to do all the Googling, I want people to just have something available. Um, and I'm also really hoping that this will inspire other people to come forward. Because if 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 I identified 15 to 20 encounters in the state of Texas over the last 100 years, there are more. Like, <laughs> there are exactly. more we don't know about. People are seeing things that they're not reporting, as is the case with every paranormal phenomena. You know, Sasquatch encounters, UFO encounters, mm. sea monster encounters. There's a stigma that prevents people from coming forward. And even though we're in an era where the paranormal and the unsolved is probably being embraced more heartily by the population at large than it ever has, there is still that hesitancy, I think, a lot of the time. So, I'm hopeful that others will come forward and maybe share their stories and maybe there'll be a volume two one day, you know, dude, I'm, I'm certain there will be, because here's the, the thing is, is that this book is going to come out. Aaron's Aaron will then be the Texas dog man guy because you wrote the book and the DMS will come. The letters will start so. coming. I hope so. And I, this, I, I call it, dude. I'm calling it. It's going to happen. I mean, you manifested the book, bro. So, <laughs> and and this won't even be a completely comprehensive guide because there there are documented encounters you can read about online. I just have not been able to get a hold of the person mm. whose story that is, or okay. I've gotten a hold of them and we haven't okay. been able to sync up our schedules. So there there's even some material that you can read about within the triangle. Really, just like one or two counter encounters. Wow! Um, wow. But I, I couldn't get a hold of the person whose story it is, and I'm not going to include anyone's story without their permission. So um, that's you that's know, awesome. Yeah. That 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 person will be referenced, and readers will be encouraged to go seek them out and hear their story as well. But you know, there's there's stuff we already know about that won't necessarily be in the book. So I'm very hopeful to network with those people in the future, and and Amazing. you know, get get more of this out there as part of the same project. Yeah. Dude, that is so cool. Is there a, is there going to be a, a bibliography in the book? Oh yeah. Yeah. There's going to, there's going to have to be, cause there's so many cited sources. Um, and I'm trying to put together a glossary of terms, you know, because there's specific oh, cool. locations that are mentioned. Yeah. Like I think about the paranormal books that I, well, any books that I find really well put together. There's always a bibliography. There's always, mm -hmm. a glossary. you know, I need to know what page this city is mentioned on so I can find this story. Okay. Well, so I'm trying to put go. that together. Um, there's going to be a lot of illustrative copy in there. Uh, oh, we can talk about the cover. I'm not going to show it yet because we're still working on it. We yes, please it. do. And I, I know. And yeah, share what you can because it, it is very exciting. Uh, it's going to be so cool. I'm so happy. I mean, you've seen it. You've seen the sketch. Like everybody can know that. I, I um, yes, you, you showed me, <laughs> and it was it was amazing and better than I 
I was expecting. Like, it's <laughs> good, dude. I'm so happy. Um, yeah. Jonathan Dodd is the cover. Yes. Uh, Jonathan Dodd draws on Instagram. And, you so know, good. anybody listening to this right now is like, oh, yes, because Jonathan Dodd is genius. Um, and that was honestly a process. Like, I think I spent ever since I found out this project was happening, I've been trying to figure out the cover because you, you know, so many talented and amazing artists in this community, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and, and I wanted to pick everybody, but you can't do that. So, um, but you know, Jonathan Dodd is doing the cover and I'm very, very excited about that. Um, there's going to be some illustrative copies, some sketches by, uh, Mike G art of the morning star who designed the cryptid lotteria stuff that we, yes. Yes. Um, oh, this actually, I do have an example here. This is El Mothman by Mike. Oh, you're gonna have so that stuff is gonna be in there too. Uh, like, not not this not that, but but this artist is doing some. Oh sketches man, that's gonna be great. Yeah. Wow. Um. So yeah, there's gonna be a lot of visual accompaniment because I like I like books that have pictures and stuff. You know, it's it's like additional resources. I feel like one, I'm a kid and I like pictures, but um, you know, some of these pictures can be hard to come by, like the the Cleo face, the Beast yeah. of Creek. So. Dude, excited about that that is so cool oh my goodness I, i'm excited and the, the thing is is like the cover the the first time i saw it like the the work in progress cover i was like oh that is so amazing it's like when you're you're in you see the old school 1970s like paperback like weird valentine you know not like it's it's really hard to explain what I'm saying, but like I want I want to be able to hold it, but I'm imagining it like as an old school 70s yeah. like, like paranormal, like John Keel type book that you would if find. It, uh, if it yeah. does well enough, maybe we'll release a like pre-weathered special edition oh, or something. Be, <laughs> I literally dude, just thought of that off the cuff. That would be amazing. <laughs> I'm so excited about it, man. Jonathan's awesome and his interpretation. So cool. um, I just kind of he was like, So what do you have in mind? And I just gave him this very vague image I had in my mind. Um, that when I say Texas dog band triangle, this is what, what I think of. And he just mm. nailed it. I mean, nailed it. So dude, legit, legit. Awesome. Um, I got to ask you as well. Uh, something actually, there was a question I wanted to ask you earlier. Why do you think, so I, you think of Dogman, and I think of Kentucky, but I also think of Texas. Why is there so much Dogman stuff in Texas? Did did you think of that question in that's, your research? It's <clears throat> it's just a lot of stuff going on there for Dogman. Yeah, Why is that, it? That's kind of one of the things that I that I poke into, um, and I don't know is the answer. Okay. I think it depends on what aspect of the Dogman phenomena you're talking about, because mm -hmm. there is again, like we said earlier, a very metaphysical supernatural element to it that you hear about in a lot of stories and texas is haunted as heck bro really like okay. any town you pull up to any town and ask somebody who's lived there for a while if anything is haunted they're going to point you towards something um so many there are 511 ghost towns in this state whoa 511 and there wow. are only 2000 something if i remember right in all of the u.s so Jeez. right away you've got tons of history you've got tons of just like leftovers of eras gone by mm. um, and then you got tons of sasquatch activity so yeah you know Legit. oh what was the question i'm sorry <laughs> when um, <I> was <laughs> it, it was more like uh is there a reason you think why there's so many 
uh, Dogman reports in Texas? Is it just because the state is so big? You know, like, I, I think that's part of it. Yeah, because it's a it. big state, dude. And we we also have a fossil record and a you know a, a database of fauna that tell us that wolves can live here. They did live here for a long uh, time. Yes, yes. Wolves were native to Texas until the mid nineteenth century when they were hunted and and extirpated. And now they've been pushed out. Um, same in Louisiana. Same in other parts of the country. Wolves. Wolves posed a huge threat to human beings for a very, very long time. Um, and that's kind of another thing that I, that I like to get into in the book is that, you know, we just see them in pictures now and on TV, but like mm. our ancestors literally went toe to toe with these things. And they're, totally. they're in some cases, their, their continued existence relied on their ability to, you know, uh, uh, persevere beyond the wolves. So, Wow. That's that's something I'm really excited to kind of examine because I don't think we fully appreciate just how dangerous and how how perfectly attuned to their environment these creatures are. And so if you account for a species of wolf or canine that maybe has physical abilities beyond what we assign to normal canines, maybe is a little bigger, a little muscular, in some cases might actually be resistant to gunfire. Um, there's ah, Skinwalker Ranch style, my friend. There, yeah. there, there are two encounters in the book. One is really? about the converse werewolf, which I in, encourage people to look up. And then the other is, is uh, the witness I referenced earlier named John, where we have examples of these creatures being shot with almost point blank range with firearms, um, both early 1900s firearms, which were probably something like flip-lock rifles, you know, um, and a modern firearm using a, I don't know about guns and ammunition. I'm, I'm not an expert on that, but it's, 3.36, I think, which is the ammunition used by most NATO militaries. Um, and John, this is going to sound super outlandish, man, but I'm just telling you what I've been told. John describes unloading rounds of this caliber at one of these creatures and it, it they keep moving. So, you know, wow. but to get back to your question, I'm so sorry. Why do I think there's so much dogman activity here? I, I think it's just an inevitability of the environment, whether mm. it is the, the, deeply rooted historical and sort of supernatural environment here because we have so many ghost stories and old superstitions and so much history or whether it's the hill country itself which is vast 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 um it, pretty much every type of environment you can think of creeks caves there are many lead-ins to the edwards aquifer which is one of the biggest natural water resources in the entire country um and there are lots of caves and stuff that go down into that and you kind of have this this underground cavern of water so you have wet environments, you have dry environments, you have wooded wow. areas, you have swamps, you have just about everything other than like snow because it's the desert here. So, mm. you know, that's a lot of food sources. That's a lot of water sources. That's a lot of space for something like this, that there may not be a ton of in existence. You know, it's an endangered species. Let's say there's a few, however yep. many of them, something like that could disappear into this landscape and not be seen very often. I'm pumped because you're saying you're saying there's similar you found similar stories to the account in, at Skinwalker Ranch how there was the dire wolf whatever and like point blank they couldn't hurt it with like dude mm-hmm, this mm-hmm. is this there's is going to be very there. interesting I'm really it excited interesting. it was actually it required a lot of effort not to just go on a whole tangent about Skinwalker Ranch while drafting really? the manuscript because automatically that's what you think of a wolf getting shot. And of course we, of course it's mentioned, right. you know, um, in these particular stories, but Skinwalker ranch is such a, 
I'm just like, I can't do justice to it. So I'm not going to try. <laughs> um, it's too big. It's ongoing and it's too big. I feel like we've done, we've done uh, justice to your upcoming book. Uh, oh, were there, were there you. any other uh, things that you wanted to make sure that we covered before I <gasps> completely tangent for about five minutes? That was everything, dude. Okay. I, I was excited to talk about the people that I interviewed and I was excited to talk about kind of the the time span over which these stories take place because i think that's significant you nailed it bro you're the best interviewer ever no dude you are no no but here's the i thank you i i appreciate that um the question i and it's like one of those ones you know when you're interviewing people and like something comes into your head and you're like huh that's weird and you like you don't have it planned does texas have like you know how skinwalker ranch is considered a, a, a window area and there's like Marley Woods in Missouri and just weird stuff like that. Is there any uh, window areas that you've ever run into in Texas? I think the great majority of the state, at least the central portion, um, the territories around and in between the the bigger cities, Dallas, Houston, San Antonio, Austin, because okay. now you could argue that the reason we have more stories and more anecdotes out of these areas is because there's more people. there. Sure. Absolutely. Okay. But we have, UFOs. We have doppelgangers. The black eyed kid phenomena comes out of Abilene. Um, that originates in Texas, as far as we know, at least in the modern sense. Um, we have lake monsters. We have dogmen and werewolves. We have a lot of very rich and beautiful Native American lore, which I don't have the cultural knowledge to, to mm. comment on. You know, mm-hmm. I just don't. But there's a there's a very long and, and rich history of, of First Nations peoples. Um, in Texas. So there's a lot of folklore and and spiritual, you know, stuff associated with some of that. Um, And then you have European settlers that came from all over the world. We have the German and the Irish and the the Scots. So they brought all of their stuff with them. And some of the stories in which these old werewolf encounters take place are actually German towns. And interesting. Germany, of course, has very deep werewolf lore. So interesting little parallels, but honestly, most of the central Southwest of Texas, I would say, is is kind of a okay, if not a window area, definitely a hot spot. In particular, I would encourage people to look into Lake Travis. Lake, Lake Travis. Travis. Lake Travis is all those things I just mentioned are associated with Lake Travis. Really. Um, plus some missing four one one type stuff. About twenty mm. people have gone missing there in the last fifteen years or so. Oh man. Um, and there's even a part of it called Devil's Cove. So. Ooh interesting place to check out that's that yeah is that by your area or totally different area uh it is literally half a mile from me in that direction (laughs) i I live in far northwest austin right by lake travis and that's part of the reason it's become such a subject of study for me over the last year and a half yeah totally. um phantom alligators we talk about phantom big cats you know like yep yep panthers existing in places they're not supposed to rumor going around for 20 years that we had phantom alligators in lake travis 2013 it turned out to be true so uh, lots of stuff lots of stuff with lake travis sounds like you got a solid three more three or four more books about different subjects that could be <laughs> coming so. really quick uh, especially so. if that's in your area dude that's awesome i'm gonna do some pitching we'll see what happens <laughs> yeah um you know it's like uh it's like lyle blackburn said when i interviewed him it's like you know his advice is find out the weird in your area and become the expert. I'm the expert on it. Mm-hmm. You've got the, you've got the access that other people don't have. So do what I, I, love I, what I heard doing. him say that in a clubhouse room before, yeah. actually, before I met you, uh, I met Lyle in a clubhouse room and he said that. And I was like, wow, that's nice. inspiring. Yeah. Oh, so good. So good. Uh, Aaron, thank you so much for coming on. 
Um, so remember, listeners, if you like this, go back and listen to the other episode with Aaron earlier. Uh, it was a while back, but you'll find it. Uh, and we talk more about uh, the uh, the Texas uh, Dogman Triangle and more information. Um, and then definitely, you know, uh, keep an eye out. Uh, the book is coming uh, at some time. Don't um, the, I don't know the release date yet, but this year it should be this year. Oh, it will come. It will come. And like um, just a huge thank you to STM for taking a chance on me and letting yes. me, you know, kind of be a small part of your crew. This is a huge honor. I wanted to throw that out there. So thank you. That's awesome. That's awesome. And how uh, can you take a few minutes to share uh, how people can keep up to date uh, best with what you're doing? Anything else that you yeah. want to throw out there? Um, the best place to follow me is on Instagram. Um, hey, underscore strangeness. That's the 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 blog that Sarah and I run, I do most of it, but she, she encourages me and supports everything I do. Um, so that's, that's the best place. Honestly, we are on the other platforms. We're on Twitter. We're on TikTok. We're on YouTube. Mm-hmm. But I don't, I don't update those very much. Right. Um, and then paranormality magazine, please follow paranormality on Twitter. Follow oh, paranormality yeah. on Instagram, because if I'm not updating, Hey, strangeness, I'm working on something for paranormality. So. Dude, it's such a good magazine too. <laughs> Subscribe to that magazine, dude. Please do. It's do like it. it's like two bucks a month for a digital. It's so worth it. It's like nine bucks a month for a physical subscription, and I have all the physical copies. They're awesome. They're high quality. So please, you, do. you. I don't almost, make money off of this. I just want you to read it. <laughs> you're almost. I would. I don't know if you, I could say you're guaranteed, but from all the from all the issues I've seen so far, you will have a solid article about a different cryptid every month and you will. It's solid like those one are, of the best resources those are primarily written by uh jordan heath campfire tales podcast he's 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 kind there of a cryptid go. profile guy right now yeah go. but every single issue has articles and interviews and, and resources like these are these are things you're going to want to keep on your bookshelf for reference later they're not totally just, really really solid good yeah. interviews too really good stuff um so good dude aaron thank you so much for coming on uh, it's always uh, a pleasure and i uh, can't wait to get uh the texas dogman triangle in my hands uh and everyone else is waiting as well but uh thank you so much for coming on man yes sir thank you this is awesome thank you thanks for listening to the bigfoot society podcast please take a few minutes to review the show on itunes five stars as it does help us get into the eyes and ears of more listeners on iTunes. Uh, That will help us just get bigger and bigger and get even better quality guests for future shows. Uh, Also, if you have any Bigfoot encounters or cryptid encounters, please send your stories and uh, audio and photos, whatever you've got, over to BigfootSociety at gmail.com. If you'd like to become more involved with Bigfoot Society and get some extra content, we do have a Patreon uh, where you can get all sorts of cool things. For example, for $7 a month, you get extra Bigfoot Society content, uh, usually interviews, but other things as well. You get a sweet membership card and a vinyl sticker that I send to you in the mail. You get access to the Bigfoot Society after show, which is an extra interview after the main interview with the weekly guest. And usually they are up for uh, Patreon members to be in that extra show segment with them and me. And you get to ask your uh, question live to them and get an answer from the guest, which as you've seen what guest we've had in the past, this could be a really big deal. 
There's also a private Discord where you can get involved with uh, talking to me one-on-one and the community there, and that's always a great time. You can find the Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash the Bigfoot Society. We're very thankful for all our supporters that we have in so many different ways and appreciate uh, all our listeners coming back week after week to listen to more cryptozoology-based interviews. Uh, Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. The views and opinions expressed are those of the guest and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of Bigfoot Society. Any content provided by our guests are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone. Thank you.